at us out here going. Look at us. Who would have thought? We're just a bunch of children playing with backgrounds on Skype. Yep. My background isn't Elliot. It's not a close-up yeah. of his face at all. My background is the Leslie Nope's office from Parks and Recreation, which is a surprise to no one. Yeah, I was going to say, as it should be. Yeah. And yes, I said Skype because we're 90 years old and we... You know what? Fuck Zoom. We weren't doing I'm Zoom, saying it. Haley. We were doing Discord. I know, but we could have okay. used Zoom like everybody else in the pandemic. Yeah. But you know but what? But you gotta pay for Zoom. We're going... No, we don't. I think you yeah. do after like a certain amount of time. Oh, really? Oh, if you if you have used it for a certain amount, like you're only allowed like 12 hours of... It's some, no, it's something, something like each each call is, I think, like either 45 minutes or an hour. We'd be cutting it close and oh, we wouldn't okay. be allowed to chit chat before or after. Yeah. Not that we do that. No. It's all right. We got Skype. We're good. Yep. Anyway, uh, this is Crime Culture. And I'm Haley. And that's Caitlin. And I teased it last week because we mentioned something about a mine. Was sure. it a coal mine? I don't remember what it was. Oh, yes. Um, Lana Turner grew up. Out, she was born outside of a mining town, grew up, grew up in said mining town, and her father worked in the mines until he became a bootlegger, at which point they fled to San Francisco. And if you're interested in hearing more, just listen to our last episode because I'm not about to redo the whole thing. Yeah. Well, I teased it that I'm going to be talking about a mine today, and uh, I actually have a personal connection to um, like some of the recent events of this story. Ooh! Yes. So this is the story of Centralia, Pennsylvania, which sounds very random. No, it we'll sounds get, familiar. We'll get into the pop culture side. So uh, the town of centralia is in pennsylvania my friends went to school in bloomsburg we took a trip to centralia and it's as creepy as this story is going to make it sound but before we get into that i'm going to talk about the history of the town so uh many of the native native american tribes in what is now columbia county sold the land that makes up centralia to colonial agents in 1749 for the sum of 500 pounds which in today money is i didn't look that up but god damn it they paid 500 pounds for centralia and a lot of surrounding land and um it happens yeah yeah some mansion so. in the city i live in apparently somebody bought it for a dollar back in the 70s they cut it in half and they moved it to a new location where it has stayed ever since yeah, but they bought like it for thirty dollar. trillion dollars now. Yeah, it's fucking. It's a giant painted lady mansion. Yeah. There's no way it's not worth a fuck ton of money, but like a dollar, five hundred yeah. pounds. Yeah, unfortunately, so that won't pay for half a textbook. <laughs> well, it's not worth much now, which we'll get into. Okay. Um, in 1770, during the construction of the, I think it's Reading Road, because I, I think it's Reading, Pennsylvania. Yeah, that um, sounds right. It stretched from Reading, Pennsylvania to Fort Augusta, which is present-day Sunbury. Um, Settlers surveyed and explored the land. A large portion of Reading Road was developed later as Route 61, the main highway east into and 
uh, south of Centralia. And we'll get to um, what happened to Route 61 later. In 1793, Robert Morris, who was a hero of the Revolutionary War and uh, one of the people that signed the Declaration of Independence, acquired a third of Centralia's valley land. When he declared bankruptcy in 1798, short run, um, the land was surrendered to the Bank of the United States. A French sea captain named Stephen uh, Grigard purchased Morris's land for $30,000, including 68 tracks east of Morris's land. Uh, he had learned that there was coal in the region. And the Centralia coal deposits were largely overlooked before the construction of uh, the Mine Run Railroad in 1854. In 1832, Jonathan Faust opened the Bullheads Tavern in um, what was called Roaring Creek Township. And this is what gave Centralia its first name, which was Bullshead. In 1842, Centralia's land had, uh, was bought by the Locust Mountain Coal and Iron Company. Alexander Ray, who was a mining engineer, moved his family in and began planning a village, laying out the streets and lots for development. Ray named the town Centerville, but in 1865 changed it to Centralia because the U.S. Post Office already had a Centerville in Schuylkill County. Centralia was incorporated as a borough in 1866. Its principal employer was the uh, coal industry. Alexander Ray, who was the town's founder, was murdered by um, murdered in his buggy by members of the Molly Maguires on October 17th, 1868, during a trip between Centralia and Mount Carmel. So, in my initial research, all they said was, like, the Molly Maguires murdered this dude. And I'm like, who the fuck is a Molly Maguire? <laughs> so I had to look it up. And apparently the Molly Maguires was a 19th century Irish secret society and they were known for activism for the Irish and Irish-American coal miners. So, seems like a pretty niche group. <laughs> um, but, a little bit. Yeah, that's the first crime in Centralia. Well, not, I mean, crime's been happening all over the place, especially in mining towns. But um, this is like the first big documented crime uh, of Centralia is that their founder was murdered by the secret Irish society. Well, and surprisingly, that's not what the episode is about. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it gets weirder. Uh, three men were eventually convicted of his death and were hanged in the county seat of Bloomsburg on March 25th, 1878. Um, several other murders and incidents of arson also took place uh, during the violence as Centralia was a hotbed of the Molly Maguires during the 1860s. Um, they wanted to organize a mine workers union in order to improve wages and working conditions, which, mm -hmm. yeah, it's a good cause, of yeah, course, especially sense. for mine workers. You want everyone to be like paid well and safe if you're doing such a dangerous job. Yeah. And, you know, not dying of black lung. Exactly. A legend among locals in Centralia tells that Father Daniel Ignatius McDermott, the first Roman Catholic priest to call Centralia home, cursed the land in retaliation for being assaulted by three members of the Maguires in 1869. So that's another interesting story that still is not the topic of this episode. Um, Are we ever going to get to this episode? Oh, we'll get it. <laughs> I'm, I'm just finishing up the history. Oh, so, I know. I'm just teasing. 
McDermott said that there would be a day when St. Ignatius Roman Catholic Church would be the only structure remaining in Centralia. Remember this. Okay. Many of the Molly Maguire's leaders were hanged in 1877, ending their crimes. Legends say that the number of descendants of the Molly Maguire still lived in Centralia up until the 1980s. According wow. to the numbers of federal census records, the town of Centralia reached its maximum population of 2,761 people in 1890. At its peak, the town had seven churches, five hotels, 27 saloons, two theaters, a bank, a post office, and 14 general and grocery stores. So that's actually a pretty big town. Yeah, that's pretty, that's substantial, especially for the time. My town has like 8,000, like it hovers between like eight and 9,000 people in it. And we don't have one hotel. <laughs> I mean, we got a bunch of hotels, but we also got a bunch of boomers. So it's like, you, yeah, it's you win some, you lose some. Yeah. Um, in the, oh, sorry. 37 years later, the production of coal had reached its peak in Pennsylvania in the following years, production declined as uh, many young miners from Tr Centralia enlisted in the military when the U.S. entered World War I. So it kind of hit its boom in the 1890s and then declined. So, like I said, in its heyday, Centralia was a mining town. And when it reached its peak population in 1890, most of the 2,700 residents were miners and their families. The town was even able to stay strong during the stock market crash and the Great Depression. So they were really strong coal miners. And what actually broke this town was a fire. A current uh, fire that is still happening. What? Yeah. Oh, I think I know this one. Yeah. So it's not in entirely clear how the tragedy began, but it seems to have started with the Centralia Landfill, which is an abandoned mine pit that had been converted into a garbage dump in 1962 um, because trash was a huge issue in Centralia. It was full of unregulated dumps, and the city council wanted to solve a problem with unwanted odors and rats, and they were like, hey, how about we all fucking band together and put our trash in one spot instead of just fucking tossing it out of your horse and buggy when you're driving by? Let's get it together, people. We're running the town here. So, in May 1962, the city council proposed cleaning up the local landfill in time for Centralia's Memorial Day festivities. David uh, Decock, author of Fire Underground, the ongoing tragedy of the Centralia Mine Fire, said, quote, This might seem like irrelevant small-town history, except for one thing. Centralia's council method for cleaning up a dump was to set it on fire. End quote. Uh, though competing ah! theorists <laughs> exist, competing theories exist about how the fire was sparked. It's thought that the Centralia dump fire sparked a much larger mine fire beneath the town. Remember, this town was like built on mines, like everybody mined there and it was huge on coal. That was their biggest thing. So the amount of mining tunnels in and around this town had to be crazy. Right. So... This fire sparked. It started to burn underground. Soon the fire was raging in a coal seam beneath Centralia itself. Um, it spread to mine tunnels beneath the town streets, and the local mines closed due to unsafe carbon monoxide levels. Multiple attempts were made to evacuate and put out the fire, but all of them failed. 
The reason, ironically, is um, the aftermath of the mining that defined Centralia for all of those years. So there were so many different tunnels and there was so much uh, coal that was being mined out of there that once this fire started, it was basically impossible to put out. Oh, nice. Yeah. Everybody's dream. It's something that should have probably been thought of before we were like, hey, let's light this garbage on fire. Nah. Yeah. Um, so there are so many abandoned mine tunnels in the area that one or maybe all of them could be fueling the fire. And it would be so incredibly expensive and likely impossible to figure out which ones stoke the fire and to close off every single one of them. So... As the years went on, the ground beneath the city itself became hotter and hotter, reaching over 900 degrees Fahrenheit in some locations. That's, that's, that's too hot. That's warm. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I'm surprised that if snow, if it ever snows there, that it fucking sticks. (laughs) I don't don't think it snows there. If, like if you fly over it it must just be like this giant circle of just like brown dirt <laughs> and just like snow around it it's just you know the next circle of hell dante yeah. didn't know about this one he couldn't have no. predicted this one centralia is it yep um but this is crazy um smoke poured from sinkholes and gas-filled basements uh residents started to report health problems and homes began to tilt because the ground was becoming unstable because it was burning underground. Um, what? Greg Walter wrote in an article for People in 1981, quote, even the dead cannot rest in peace. Graves in the town's two cemeteries are believed to have dropped into the abyss of fire that rages below them. And I quote, mean, that's hell. Yeah, but better than that's hopping on is. up. Yeah, right? Just, like, pushing it, them through the ground? Well, yeah, it's. I think it's it, where where there's hurricanes, like, in whatever state or country you may be in, if there's hurricanes, bodies are often basically dug up and are floating <gasps> in the streets. No. It's like a fucking, yeah, it's a fucking thing. I lived through, like, Sandy, and we didn't have anything like that crazy happening well, here. Well, yeah, but I mean, like, Florida, Louisiana. Yeah. Like, fucking, like... Where you're in the middle of the hurricane. You're not getting, like, Yeah, like, fucking, on the coast. Yeah, you're not getting fucking Katrina's cast-offs going up north. Yeah. Jesus. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. But, yeah, Fuck the way that. He, the way that this guy worded it, it literally sounds like you're in hell. Yeah. I mean, um, you're in Pennsylvania, so... <laughs> yeah, you're pretty much in hell anyway. Sorry, Pennsylvania, I love I'm you. I'm sorry, my cousin lives in Pennsylvania, I promise, I don't hate it that much. There's gorgeous parts of it, but it's usually a redneck dump. I'm sorry. <laughs> I've been all over Pennsylvania, and I have to say that there are amazing parts of it. I went to Bloomsburg uh, twice a year for, like, five years, and I loved it, and I look forward to it. But then I went to, like, fucking intercourse (laughs) i forgot about intercourse pennsylvania because you know how i know about intercourse pennsylvania and she's gonna kill me that i tell this story did you do an eighth grade trip there like our school decided to under the worst like why why would you decide to send eighth graders to a town called intercourse better my friend's dad proposed to her mom in intercourse pennsylvania specifically so he could say I asked her to marry me in intercourse. That's 
She tacky. did not enjoy it. <laughs> but they've been married for a very long time, happily. So, I mean, it all worked out. Yeah, just never tell the story. Yeah, she she's not a big fan. My friend and I think it's hilarious, or at least I do. But she told me, so obviously know, she had to think it was a little funny. I know we were all banned in eighth grade from getting all the shirts that said Virginia's for lovers, uh, uh, Pennsylvania's for intercourse. That's... <laughs> I mean, at least they acknowledge it. At least oh, they're there like, were there were the amount of shirts that said "I heart intercourse" and like all of this stuff all around. Like they were cashing in. They're like, we know what our demographic is. Oh, fucking that's fucking eighth funny. grade class trips. <laughs> These motherfuckers are gonna buy the shirts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then we're set for the next trip. Oh goody. Anyway, oh, back to the horrible mind fire. Um. <laughs> So oh, yeah. um, that article was published in People in 1981, but earlier that year, a 12-year-old boy fell into a sudden sinkhole that was created by the fire, and he barely escaped death. Yeah. Imagine that. Imagine you're fucking walking along, and all of a sudden, whoop, quicksand, and there's a fire under there. This is what John Mulaney was afraid of. Exactly. Um, so by then, it was too late for Centralia. Rather than put out the fire, Congress decided to buy out its residents, paying them to move. Hey, at least they paid them. It's more than the Native Americans. Well, it's a liability. The whole town's going to fucking sink into the center of the earth. (sighs) Yes, but you missed my sick burn on the government. (laughs) (laughs) We're always burning the government. (laughs) I know. (laughs) So, um, in 1992, Pennsylvania moved to kick out the holdouts for good. All of Centralia's buildings were condemned and its zip code was eliminated. If you go there today, you'll see a grid work of streets without names and without homes on them. Uh, there's remnants of properties such as the steps to a front door that are no longer there. A few abandoned buildings are scattered here and there, um, surrounded by smoldering hillsides and an almost zombie apocalypse level wastelands. Um, even creepier, there are three cemeteries remaining on the grounds of, um, a church that was torn down years ago. That church, St. Ignatius, Ignatius Church, which was... Of Loyola? No, it was, as, uh, the priest McDermott said, the last building standing. Yeah, but my, my point was St. Ignatius was from Loyola. St. Ignatius of Loyola, pray for us. Hashtag Catholic school. I didn't go to Catholic school. I don't get your references. I know, but I love you anyway. Okay. So, as of the census in 2010, um, there were 10 people, five households, and three families residing in the borough. Um, There are no residents under the age of 18, only one between 25 and 29, one between 50 and 54, one between 55 and 59, and four uh, between 60 and 64, two between 70 and 74, and one between 80 and 84. The median age was 62.5 years old. There were five females and five males total. The racial makeup of the borough was 100%. Why? You got it. Because we've all seen scary movies, and white they people white never people. seem to know when to fucking let it alone and leave. Yep. Uh, in 2017, there were reportedly only five people living in Centralia. They yeah. are forbidden from passing down their property or selling it. 
So wow. once yeah, once they're dead, bye. So they really did. They lost out. Like yeah. they should have just taken the money and run, stupid bitches. Yep. Sounds about right. Um so now is the question that I know is on everyone's mind. Is Centralia haunted? So oh, see, okay. That's a good That was my first question. That's the first thing I typed in. Is Centralia haunted? Mine was just how are people so stupid, but that's another good question. Is that's a different wh- podcast. Is it haunted? Yeah. 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 So is Centralia haunted? So while no lives have been lost that can be directly attributed to the mine fire, um, what has been lost is an entire community. Mm-hmm. Um, with any strange or unusual occurrence comes rumors and stories, and Centralia is no different in that respect. Uh, walking around the ruins of this modern-day ghost town gives you an almost supernatural feeling. I can attest to that, because I've been there. <laughs> um, as people heard about the legend and visited the town, stories were created and... Uh, basically put into words what people were feeling when they went there. Some stories from visitors who left uh, in fear after thinking they saw a person or a thing, hearing odd sounds. Uh, Some felt that they were being watched. Others go as far as to say that Centralia is a gateway to hell, which sounds right to me. I mean, if there's going to be a gate to hell anywhere, Pennsylvania seems like a good spot. Probably. As Pennsylvania, uh, sorry, as Centralia, Pennsylvania becomes a modern day ghost town and the fire encroaches upon the remaining graveyards, rumors have circulated that Centralia is haunted, but it's kind of like left up to whatever you think it is. Um, Another question that comes after the haunting is, was the fire a government conspiracy? (gasps) So there's uh, some people believe that there's more to the story than just a devastating fire. Um, There are people who think that the government started the fire to force people out of the town so it could collect billions of dollars worth of coal. According to local Pennsylvania news site Penn Live, however, whatever coal might still be down there is worth far less than completely (laughs) eliminating an entire town. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, I mean, sounds like mostly white people lived there, so Yeah. They weren't gonna they weren't gonna fuck over any white people. Uh, I think the government's fucked over several white people. I mean in pursuit of fucking over more people. Yeah, yeah. As as a white woman, more specifically woman, but who happens to be white, I'm feeling particularly fucked over some days. Yeah. Such as when certain government agencies won't pay for your birth control. But anyway. Uh, um, we're moving past it. Yep, we're um, moving past it. Can you guess what famous horror series is based on Centralia? Oh, give me a minute. Um, series? Yes. It started as a video game. I don't... Here's the thing. I okay. don't know if the video game took any inspiration from Centralia, but I know for a fact that the movie has... Okay, I'm going out on a limb. Yes. It's either going to be Silent Hill or Resident Evil. It's Silent Hill. Hell yeah. Look at you. I was so ready for you not to get it. I am so proud to have a boyfriend who plays lots of video games. Hey, same here. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So Silent Hill, the video game series. Uh, The first installment in the series follows Harry Mason as he searches for his missing adopted daughter in a mysterious town of Silent Hill, stumbling upon a cult conducting a ritual to revive a deity uh, that it worships. Harry discovers his daughter's true origin. 
Multiple game endings are possible depending on the in-game actions taken by the player. It was released in 1999 for the PlayStation. In 2009, the game became available for download from the European PlayStation Network store for the uh, PlayStation 3 and the PSP, and later in the same year from the North American PlayStation uh, Network store. Silent Hill received positive reviews from critics on its release and was commercially successful. It is considered a defining title in the survival horror genre and is also considered by many to be one of the greatest video games ever made. It's fucking terrifying. Elliot says it's terrifying. I don't know if anyone heard that. I heard it, so... (laughs) As soon as I start talking about video game stuff, he comes in. Also, just a quick side note. We have the backgrounds up on... (laughs) on skype and it's trying to it's kind of freaking out a little bit and it's making it look like we are like like glitching <laughs> like we as people are glitching everyone every once in a while some of my fingers disappear my shoulders periodically disappearing so that's fine this is making it even creepier i could go for some of my body disappearing quite honestly exactly quarantine has not been great no <laughs> did you gain the covid19 um, I will say Felix gained the COVID-19. He is 18 point something something <gasps> pounds. What a little fatty. That's the yeah. cat. Yeah, yes, he's the cat. That's the hammerhead shark cat. Yes. And yeah, Felix gained it. He's he's looking at me, but can't really reach around himself to look Aww. anymore because he's that rotund. Tom. Yes. Um, anyway, getting back to the terrifying game. Um, yeah, considered to be a defining title in the horror movie genre, one of the greatest games of all time, blah, blah, blah. Um, so it moved away from B-horror elements uh, towards a more psychological horror style, uh, emphasizing the atmosphere. Um, it has many sequels. There's Silent Hill 2, Silent Hill 3, Silent Hill 4, The Room, Silent Hill Origins, Silent Hill Homecoming, Silent Hill Shattered Memories, Silent Hill Downpour. The latest one was in 2012. Uh, it goes 2001, 2003, 2004, 2007, 2008, 2009, 2012. So I don't know if any more are going to come out. Um, maybe during the quarantine, game developers are like, hey, let's revive this old shit. Maybe. And bring but it back. Based on the fact that it, each iteration keeps sounding more and more and more like a Twilight sequel, I think they're probably done. Yeah. I think they've run out of ideas. Yeah, right. Um, there are some other games. There's uh, Silent Hill The Arcade, Silent Hill The Escape, which is a uh, mobile spin-off game. Uh, and then there's an HD collection, uh, which is a high-def re-release of the first three games. And then another one called Silent Hill Book of Memories, also from 2012. Yeah, they beat that horse till it was dead and cremated. Yeah. So, like I said, I don't know if the games took any inspiration from Centralia, but the movie 100% has. Silent Hill, the movie, came out in 2006. It has a 31% um, tomato meter rating, 63% audience score, 89% Google score, and a 6.5 out of 10 on IMDb. Really? I don't know why. I remember it being a bigger thing than 31% on Rotten Tomatoes. But that's critics. Yeah, Critics? but that's what I'm saying. I remember it being a bigger thing, like hearing about it. Do you think I? What year was this again? 2006. Yeah. Do you think my fucking 12 year old ass knew people that were going to see that movie? No. 
Exactly. So, of course, I was only hearing about it from critics because I was that kind of fucked up as a child. Yeah. But that's so strange to me because I I really thought that it was doing, but that it did better. Yeah, there's some stuffy critics that, like, really fucking hate horror movies unless they're, like... Hitchcock. Yeah. Or, like, Stephen King adaptations or whatever it is. Mm. Um. So the critics' consensus for Silent Hill is, um, quote, Silent Hill is a visually impressive, um, but as with many video game adaptations, it's plagued by inane dialogue, a muddled plot, and an overlong runtime, end quote. Nice. So I guess that's what they don't like about it. Yeah, at least they were honest. Yeah, but some notable actors in um, the movie are Sean Bean. Um, yeah. Uh, Lord of the Rings and Game of Thrones fame, and uh, Laurie Holden of Walking Dead fame. Oh, okay. I yeah, thought, she was Andrea on The Walking Dead. I thought there was another actress. She was in. Oh, that, those are the that, only two I recognized, like right off the bat. I thought there was. It may be another movie, and somebody's yelling it at me right now. Pro- probably Sin. Um, it was that movie with Luke. Will Wilson, where he's like God, but he's not God. Henry Poole is here. Whoever that lady is, I want to say her name is Raya something. I don't know. And my phone is dead. uh, Yeah, it's not her. I don't think it's her. I I don't think it's her. Um, are you looking it up? Yep. And my phone is dead. So any clickety clacks, it's IMDb. Come anyway, on. in the meantime, Rada I'll read the synopsis. Mitchell. What? Rada Mitchell. Is she in Silent Hill? Let's find out. I remember her being, I think, in something like Silent Hill, if not Silent Hill, but I think it was Silent Hill. Let me say Silent Hill one more time. It's a cool name. Silent Hill or Rada Mitchell? <laughs> Silent Hill. I was going to say, both are pretty dope. I'm not going to lie. Okay, I see... First thing that comes up is... This is real-time research, people. Yep, Vin Diesel (laughs) in Goggles, which has somehow something to do with her. It's the first thing that comes up. Forget a picture of her face. We're looking for Silent Hill. Yes, she played Rose De Silva in Silent Hill. Perfect. God damn, I love my brain. You're so good. I could be better based on the fact that I just took maybe 15 minutes of our time looking into this. That's fine. Oh, she was also in a movie called Fugly! Exclamation point. (laughs) great the synopsis for silent hill similar to the video game but taken a little differently quote the eerie and deserted ghost town of silent hill draws a young mother desperate to find a cure for her only child's illness unable to accept the doctor's diagnosis that her daughter should be permanently institutionalized for psychiatric care rose who is the person Rada Mitchell. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Flees with her child, heading for the abandoned town in search of answers and ignoring the protests of her husband. Presumably Sean Bean, maybe? I don't know. Probably Sean Bean. Um, it's soon clear that this place is unlike anywhere she's ever been. It's smoldering. Uh, it's smothered by fog, uh, inhabited by a variety of strange beings and periodically overcome by a living darkness that literally transform everything it touches as rose begins to learn the history of the strange town she realizes that her daughter is just a pawn in a larger game end quote love that yeah so development of silent hill began in early 2000s um after attempting to gain the film rights uh 
to Silent Hill for five years, director Christoph Gaines uh, sent a video interview to game developer Konomi. Konomi? Konami. Konami! Thanks, Elliot. Oh, sorry. I so I totally screened it. Yeah. What was it again? Konami. 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 I know I should put, like, little <laughs> things next to all the words that I think I know how to say. It's Japanese. It's okay. Konami. Konami. Uh, so, yeah. He sent a video interview <laughs> to the game developer, Konami, explaining his plans for adapting, Sil adapting Silent Hill and somehow... Um, and how important games are to him. Konami awarded him with the film rights. As a result, Gaines and writer uh, Roger Avery began working on the script in 2004. Avery used Centralia, Pennsylvania as the inspiration for the town. He commented that as a boy, his father, who was a mining engineer, used to tell him stories about Centralia, where coal deposits from the local mine caught fire and released toxic gases into the town, as well as creating sinkholes um, when mm. the abandoned mine shafts and coal seams began to collapse, the story I just told you. Yep. Um, this forced the town to evacuate forever. Avery was fascinated since childhood by the idea that the fires underneath the town would be burning for such a long time. So yeah, it's that's why he took the inspiration from Centralia. Um, the more you know. Besides Silent Hill, there's a couple of other um, pop culture um, things that drew inspiration from Centralia. Uh, a couple of books, uh, like I had already talked about, Fire Underground, The Ongoing Tragedy of the Centralia Mine Fire by David Decock. It has a three-point... Decock. D-E-K-O-K. Decook? So, so close. I like Decock. Okay. Well, that's going to be that's gonna be a bite. Um, never mind. The book has a 3.91 out of 5 on Goodreads. Uh, he also wrote another book. I think... Fire Underground is like the updated version of the original book, which is called Unseen Danger, a tragedy of people, government, and the Centralia mine fire. Um, it has a 4.10 out of 5 on Goodreads, and the description is, quote, Award-winning journalist David Decock tells for the first time how the Centralia mine fire really started in 1962. He shows how local, state, and federal government officials failed to take effective action. Sound familiar? Yeah. Allowing the fire to move underneath the small town of Centralia, Pennsylvania. By early 1981, the fire was sending deadly gases into homes, forcing the federal government to install gas alarms. A 12-year-old boy dropped into a steaming hole in the ground, wretched open by the fire's heat on Valentine's Day as the region's congressman toured nearby. Decock tells how the people of Centralia banded together to demand help from the government, finally winning money to relocate much of the town. So it's not so much that the government like was like, hey, out of the goodness of our hearts, we're going to pay you to leave this town. It was more like these people needed to fight to say, hey, if you don't give us money to leave, we're all going to die here. Yeah, it was more yeah. they annoyed them into submission. Exactly. Um, another book is The Day the Earth Caved In, An American Mining Tragedy by Joan Quigley. Um, it has a 3.52 out of 5 on Goodreads, and the description for that is, quote, The Day the Earth Caved In is an unprecedented and riveting account of the nation's worst mining fire beginning on Valentine's Day in 1981 when a 12-year-old boy, uh, Todd Domboski, 
plunged through the earth in his grandmother's backyard in Centralia, Pennsylvania. In astonishing detail, award-winning journalist. They're all award-winning journalists. Joan Quigley, and the gra- who is the granddaughter of Centralia miners, ushers Ooh. readers into the dramatic world of the underground blaze. From the media circus and the backroom deal-making spawned in the wake of Todd's sudden disappearance to the inner lives of everyday Centralians who fought government that wouldn't listen. End quote. Damn, Gina. Yeah. Joan. I know. Damn, Gina is it's from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. They go, damn, uh-huh. Gina. Sorry. It's I fine. I know, but I love you anyway. Um, another book that is not so much of a book, it's more like a photo essay. Uh, I wanted to talk about it because um, I love... Uh, Picture books? Photo, pho- yeah, photojournalist <laughs> style. It's called Slow Burn, a photo document of Centralia, Pennsylvania by Renee Jacobs. Ooh, creepy. Oh, yes. Um, then there's a couple documentaries. Ooh. Uh, I'm going to start with probably... The one that I've seen the most information about, which looks like the best one, it's called Centralia, Pennsylvania's Lost Towns from 2017, and it has an 8.7 out of 10 on IMDb. That ain't too bad. Yeah. And it says on the website, um, quote, through vintage photos, news clips, uh, news articles, former documentaries on the town, interviews from retired mining and state officials, remaining residents, lawyers, environmentalists, tourists, and former residents, this documentary is rolled up into one story and focuses on the history of the town, the tourists it allures, the alleged curse that was placed on the town, the people who live in it when it was thriving, the lawsuit that was won by the few remaining residents, the coal companies that have an eye on Centralia, and what remains of Centralia in 2014 through 2016. This is Centralia's story told by the people who lived through it. Ooh, I love that. That's yeah. a good line. Um... I think it won a, a bunch of awards at some small film festivals. It has its own website. I'll link it on our website so you can go Damn. check it out. Um, there's also a documentary from 2009. I don't know how good it is. It's called The Town That Was. And the description says, um, this is kind of why I picked it because the description sounded so cool. Quote, filmed over a period of four years with interviews ranging from former residents to congressmen, The Town That Was is an intimate portrait of john lakotis the youngest remaining centralian and his fight to keep alive a hometown that is literally disintegrating under his feet his unbowed Mm -hmm. determination and steadfast refusal to acknowledge defeat uh reveal a man a town a region and a way of life uh abandoned and forgotten end quote also a good little about snippet yeah right i i think coming from the youngest remaining person of this town yeah. Like I said, there was like nobody under the age of 18 here. <laughs> and right. There was one person in like their 20s. So I think that's really an interesting take on it. Yeah, um, that'd be cool. And the last little piece is um, something that anyone who has visited Centralia probably knows it for. And that's the Graffiti Highway. And the Graffiti Highway is a closed portion of Route 61, like I said in the beginning. Uh, Remember that road? Okay. Um, It was closed to traffic in 1993. Uh, PennDOT, after determining that the ground would never again be used for a highway, relinquished its right-of-way in 2018, allowing ownership to revert to adjacent property owners. 
the largest mm. of which was Pagnotti's subsidiary known as Pitrio Coal. The road got its name uh, because shortly after it closed, people began spray painting art and messages on the abandoned asphalt. Over Aww. the years, there was hardly a space to put anything, and things began uh, getting sprayed over. Like, the entire, like, there, you couldn't see blacktop at some point. It was just all spray paint. Um, it became a popular hangout and ATV trail and a nuisance to the local authorities because people would constantly tear down the no trespassing signs. So, I mean, people weren't supposed to be uh, going on ATVs and everything there. They just kind of did anyway. So it became such a problem. Um, earlier this year, the current owners have brought in dump trucks and graders to cover the road. So the graffiti highway is going to be no more. Aww. Unfortunately, yes. But um, the one year that I did go, we went to Walmart and we bought some cans of spray paint. And we walked down the graffiti highway. Uh, this is in uh, 2015. And, uh, yeah, so something that I spray-painted was there. And, and since it was 2015 and we knew each other then, obviously what you painted was Haley Hart's Caitlin. Probably. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, I agree. Well, they they knew the the lore of this town before I did, so, like, they knew of the graffiti highway, mm. they knew of, like, the fire and everything, so we actually went to some places where, like, you could, f you could feel through the ground the fire coming up, because oh, I don't know if I mentioned that, the fire is still burning, by the way. Yeah. It's it still burning from 1962 to current, <laughs> so it if was you always go to burning since the world was turning. Since the world was turning. We didn't start the fire. No, and despite what some may think, the government didn't start the fire either. They, uh, let's not go crazy. <laughs> this is not another conspiracy theory episode. It could be, but it's not. Anyway, uh, that is the end of my story. Ooh. Yeah. Um, that was a good go, one. Yeah, a little short one, but I, anytime I have like a personal connection to a case, I'm like, Ooh, I need to talk about it. I don't care how short mm -hmm. it is. Mm -hmm. um, I get that feeling. But I yes. don't think this was particularly short either. We're at a nice, like, 42, 45 minutes. Maybe? Yeah. Yeah. We're doing anyway. fine. So, you can go to the website, crimeculturepodcast.tumblr.com. I will put some links to some interesting stuff. Uh, I actually took a photo of the graffiti highway when we went and tagged it. So... I will try to dig that up on my Instagram yes. way back from 2015, probably with one of those like borders. Remember when you had to yeah. use like an Instagram filter that had a border on it? Yeah, it probably has a border. Yeah. Oh, so get ready for that what throwback. Was it, what was it? Um, oh, was it X-Pro? Was that the one? That had like a little like film yeah. border yeah. around it? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Oh, so Those were the days. Yep. Um, I think if you go to google maps and you use like the satellite view and you look for the graffiti highway i believe you can like see some of the graffiti and stuff from like google earth view oh wow yeah so even though it's being paved over now um take a look at some old pictures of it because it was really something crazy to see 
like because you're used to seeing a highway like a four lane highway filled with cars but we were walking down this abandoned highway that was literally covered in layers of spray paint (laughs) so it, it was fucking wild um but anyway you can go to our social media facebook instagram twitter you can message us on any of those because we love getting messages mostly instagram we've been getting messages but we always answer the facebook stuff i don't have twitter so caitlin will answer that caitlin will be very delayed on twitter just because caitlin's for whatever reason very delayed on twitter it's not that i don't even like twitter it's just it's so overwhelming sometimes yeah, I don't like it. Uh, Instagram, mostly, because I love Instagram. But yes. Facebook, if you want to. Um, yeah, Facebook's there. <laughs> it's there. We message people on it. It's fun. We have our friends. Yeah. Um, yeah, so things will be on the website. Uh, social media. Uh, we have a Patreon. <laughs> I'm bad at this part. You're doing great. You're doing great, I'm kid. Doing I'm great. so proud. We have a Patreon. Go put money on the Patreon. and Give Haley money for this stellar job she's doing promoting the podcast. Yes. Well deserved. Tight, tight, tight. Anyway, um, so that's us for this week. We'll be back next week with more spooky tales. Uh, I haven't looked at the schedule, so I don't know what next week episode is, but I'm sure it's going to be spooky. And <laughs> don't forget, because we haven't, Spooktober is on its fast way. approaching. Fast Hell approaching. Hell yeah. And you know what that means? <laughs> Two episodes a week, if we can make it happen. Mm, bitch. Yeah. yeah. Every year. We have, for, we have for two years in a row, so we have to like keep we, the tradition going. Yeah, we've done this to ourselves. I know. But I always forget right up until and I'm like, oh, fuck. Yup. Yup. So <laughs> it's hell from like end of august beginning september until the end of october and then starting in like december oh that wasn't so bad and it's like that through like the end of august when suddenly we're like fuck we gotta do this again i'm gonna do do a plea right now which we'll probably also post on our social media if you have any fun conspiracy theories that you know of or um if you have any like creepypastas that you really like or you just have like you want us to do a Q&A we'll do that send us uh what you want to hear because if we're going to be doing eight episodes in a month then we want to make it content that you want to listen to yeah. so let us know all of those social media stuff and we'll see you next Tuesday hell yeah okay bye bye Who's gonna quit first? Not me. Oh, I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs>